Welcome to Based Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wisely. I'm not politically correct, and I'm not afraid of the consequences for the things I say. I'm simply here to speak the truth as I see it from where I'm standing and let the chips fall where they may. Welcome to Based Liberty, fellow thought criminal. Welcome to Base Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wisely, and just thrilled to be with you today. I've got a good show for you on how they're just clamping down on free speech from all angles. That's why I refer to myself and like-minded folks like you guys who watch the show as thought criminals. We really are in this day and age. And if you follow me on social media, you probably already know that YouTube just kicked me off for good. They gave me the boot. I received an email that I violated their content guidelines too many times. It's three strikes you're out, I suppose. And they kicked me off for good. So, And of course, that episode, just like all the ones that I got a so-called strike, uh, were about COVID. This one was about the vax. And, you know, the vax is just one of their sacred cows that can't be touched. You can't question it. You can't criticize it. Even though more and more information is coming out about the adverse reactions people have had, but doesn't get mainstream uh, coverage, it kind of gets pushed to the back of things, but you can find it if you look for it. And uh, regardless, the fact that it's experimental, the criminal pharma companies have no liability, plus it's just getting pushed on every single outlet 24-7, those should all be red flags. (laughs) Regardless of what we're seeing, that's validating the points I've made about the cautions one should take with these things, all that circumstantial evidence should be enough to question it right there. I mean, as I've said before, people under 50 have a better chance of dying from the vax than they do of COVID. So why would you risk it? (laughs) Not to mention, they couldn't even test it on animals. They just rolled it out so fast because the animals they tested on were dying. And again, I could go on and on about all this, but I've done plenty of shows on that. So just look for it. If, if you missed it, you want to check those out. A lot of good info, but you get the picture. You, you, they simply cannot let the truth out there. So I am banned from YouTube. Now, if you do like the video content, I have created a bit shoot page. I've been moving some of my older stuff over there. It's a work in progress. Um, Although some of it is getting some decent amount of plays. If you're into the video version, you can go there, check it out. Um, But I know most of you just listen to the podcast version. That's what I like listening to podcasts better too. It's a lot more convenient, easier to do. But if that's something you're into, just go into BitChute based Liberty. This is an example of how these people silence anyone questioning the narrative. And, And that's exactly why it's so hard to get the truth out there. Uh, there'd be a lot less sheep if it were, if both sides got anywhere near equal play. We have to work about a hundred times as hard, maybe more. I, I mean, I don't know, to cut through this propaganda, the censorship. It's it's so hard to get the truth. That's why I appreciate all of you who do support the show because it is so hard to get the truth out there. I mean, look, if we don't get the word out to more people about what's really going on, we're just completely screwed. I mean. That's just the fact. So if you want to help keep this show going and wake people up, you can join the Thought Criminal community at basedliberty.com. 
name the show, and as I said, I greatly appreciate all the support. So on that topic of censorship, I'm going to focus on government censorship. And this is actually here in Michigan. Um, <laughs> I, this is downright insane. I mean, I, I couldn't believe this. But I received this email from a group called Rescue Michigan. I'm honestly not sure how I got on their email list, but I, I get all kinds of emails. And it, it stood out to me, so I said, you know what, I'll look at it. And let me just read this for you here real quick, because this um, should alarm you. So this email was sent to me on June 28, 2021. It says, last Friday, the Michigan Court of Appeals effectively revoked the First Amendment protection of every citizen of Michigan when it declared that your speech could be considered a criminal felony based not upon the content of your speech, but on how anyone, including any left-wing lunatic, chooses to interpret it. The case was the trial of Lucas Gerhardt, an outspoken conservative being prosecuted for exercising his First Amendment rights. But now, the Michigan Court of Appeals has, in a deranged opinion issued last Friday, established the precedent that anyone can be locked up and tried for terrorism based solely on how anyone else interprets what they say. Lucas Gerhard was a bright student at Lake Superior State University. For those of you who don't know, that's up far north near Canada, studying to become a police officer. Lucas was an outspoken conservative, so naturally campus leftists couldn't contain their hatred for him and it harassed him on an ongoing basis. Nevertheless, Lucas stayed out of trouble, worked hard, and got good grades. Preparing to return to campus after summer at home, Lucas posted a photo of the rifle he purchased after working and saving up over the summer, an AR-15, the most popular rifle in America. He posted the photo to a private Snapchat group with the joke, this ought to make the snow snowflakes melt, eh? And I mean snowflakes as in snow. On that basis alone, a campus leftist who is not in his Snapchat group but saw the joke on another student's computer reported him to police, and Lucas's life has been a nightmare ever since. Lucas was charged with making a terrorist threat, a felony in Michigan punishable by 20 years in prison. He spent 83 days in jail, denied bail before finally being released on an exorbitant $250,000 bond to house arrest. Lucas has had to wear an ankle bracelet and is prohibited from leaving his house, getting a job, going to school, using the internet, or even a smartphone. He has been in some form of custody for 22 months now for the non-crime of telling a joke about his rifle. When the Michigan Court of Appeals agreed to hear Lucas's appeal, we finally had some hope that sane people would take over and right this obscene injustice. But no, in a shocking, unanimous opinion issued this past Friday, the Court of Appeals doubled down on this madness. Right from the get-go, the Court of Appeals' decision was riddled with falsehoods, beginning in the very first paragraph with these false statements. Importantly, the issue is not whether the defendant actually made a threat of terrorism, which would be a question for the trier of fact. Rather, the issue is whether on these facts, the defendant can be charged at all. The issue before us turns on whether a social media post made by a defendant can constitute a, quote, true threat. This is all untrue. The issue before the court was not whether a social media post could constitute a true threat. The, the issue was whether this statement by Lucas could. The issue is precisely whether or not 
the defendant actually made a threat of terrorism, and it is not a question for a trier of fact as no facts were in dispute. True threat analysis is a matter of law. But the Court of Appeals didn't stop there. In a feverish attempt to contort facts to suit its conclusion, the three judges wrote that it didn't matter that the person who complained of having been threatened wasn't a recipient of the post because the private Snapchat group consisted of multiple students and the post was widely shared on campus, something Lucas had no control over. In other words, anything you say on social media can be used against you by someone else. Importantly, even if Lucas sent the post to every single student on campus, that still would not have made it a threat. But then the three judges revealed their own bias and ignorance, citing Webster's Dictionary. The judges claim that bayonets are fundam fundamentally used for hand-to-hand -hand combat, and because Lucas's rifle features a bayonet, its intended use is against humans. Yes, this is how insane these judges are. Finally, and now ignoring Lucas's intention completely, as required by law, the judges simply assumed to know what was in Lucas's mind when they wrote that the metaphor of making the snowflakes melt is more consistent with placing snowflakes in fear or possibly even killing them than with causing them offense. These three judges are either mentally incapacitated, morally insane, or unconscionably lazy. In any case, they are unfit to sit on the bench. But this is where we are. The Court of Appeals just legalized the malicious prosecution of conservatives for anything we say on social media anywhere and at any time. Of course, in theory, liberals that post exhortations to violence on social media all the time could also be prosecuted, but that won't happen because justice only goes one way in today's America. Conservatives are persecuted to the full extent of the law. Violent left-wing sociopaths are protected. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> very overwhelming. Basically just posting a Snapchat joke with his friends somehow it got out and then he went to jail now he's facing 20 years in prison so i saw this i said i gotta make a show on it uh i did look up the court's opinion so i'm gonna go through that and uh discuss that with you guys as well here so just to be clear to explain it for you guys this is what's called an interlocutory appeal so this isn't an appeal from a trial court verdict it's not like he was found guilty and now he's appealing his conviction basically what happens is he hasn't had this trial yet so they're having an interlocutory appeal which is basically an appeal during that meantime to say he shouldn't have these charges at all so it's a little bit different just want to throw that out there because what he's challenging he's challenging a couple different things which i'll get into but when you're charged with a felony there's what's called a probable cause hearing and the judge just has to find that there's probable cause um, that a felony was committed and that the defendant is the person who committed the felony. So probable cause, as you know, is going to be a much, much lower standard than a beyond a reasonable doubt, which you need for a, need for a conviction. So what they're saying is there's not even probable cause that he violated the statute causing a terroristic threat. And they're also raised some First Amendment issues with the statute itself. So just because so in theory just because the court said this can proceed to trial a couple of things could happen well first the jury could uh acquit uh this defendant which hopefully if they're not as insane as all these other people they would but even so 
even if he was convicted, he could then appeal the conviction. It would be on a much higher standard and he could win on appeal. Now that would be a long process. And if it's the same judges on here with the rationale they're using, I definitely wouldn't want to want to take that bet, but it would be a higher standard. So just some things to think about here. So I want to get into their, their analysis. So first we're talking about the constitutionality of uh, MCL 750.543M. It says defendant first asserts that the statute is unconstitutional. We disagree. Defendant was charged with making a threat of terrorism under the statute of the Michigan Anti-Terrorism Act. The statute provides a person is guilty of making a terroristic threat or of making a false report of terrorism if the person does either of the following. A threatens to commit an act of terrorism and communicates the threat to any other person or knowingly makes a false report or knowingly makes a false report of an act of terrorism and communicates the false report to any other person knowing the report is false. It is not a defense to a prosecution under the section that the defendant did not have the intent or capability of committing the act of terrorism. A person who violates this section is guilty by no more than 20 years in prison or $20,000 fine or both. So of course this begs the question, what is an act of terrorism? The statute then goes on to define it here. A willful and deliberate act that is all of the following. An act that would be a violent felony under the laws of the state, whether or not committed in the state. An act that the person knows or has reason to know is dangerous to human life. An act that is intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population or influence or affect the conduct of government or a unit of government through intimidation or coercion. So again, he, he's sending a Snapchat, a joke to his buddies. It's not public saying this will make the snowflakes melt. Obviously saying, oh, this is going to the, trigger the liberals who are hate guns and are scared of gun, guns and all that. I mean, it's so ridiculous to consider that this would be an act of terrorism. Um, is it, is it, would it be a violent felony? No, he's telling a joke. He's not threatening to use anything. He's not trying to intimidate or coerce a civilian population now, is he? Why? Uh, he's sending it to his friends as a joke. If this were, you know, some kind of prank to scare liberals or make them think he's actually coming for them, yeah, that, that might be different. But it's not, there's, there's nothing here to suggest that. And that's what I want to know. This prosecutor who charged the guy, I mean, I got to figure out this guy's name. I mean, this prosecutor should be disbarred and thrown in prison. This is an obscene abuse of power. I mean, this should disgust anyone listening. And I don't care what your political views are. Um, because if sending a joke in a private Snapchat group can risk 20 years in prison, then then almost anything you say could follow that precedent. I mean, tell me you haven't said a joke worse than that. <laughs> so in the US Supreme Court's jurisprudence on the First Amendment, their cases basically rest on what's considered a true threat. And so if the speech rises to a level of truth of what they call a true threat, then it's not protected under the First Amendment. Now, of course, what's a true threat? Just another one of these things, Barnum statement is, as legal man would say, you know, it doesn't have a clear definition. It's gonna be different to everyone. And a good quote, uh, this is from Texas v. Johnson. It was that flag burning case. 
If there is a bedrock principle underlying the First Amendment, it is that the government may not prohibit the expression of an idea simply because society finds the idea itself offensive or disagreeable. Well, I agree with that statement, but uh, apparently this court doesn't. Complete jokers here. And they quote uh, a Michigan case here from 2003 that says, furthermore, a presumption exists that a statute is constitutionally sound and this court will construe it as such unless its unconstitutionality, unless its unconstitutionality is clearly apparent. Well, that's convenient. So government is gonna assume what government is doing is totally okay. Well, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so they're unpersuaded um, that this statute could be unconstitutional. They're saying the statute only applies to true threats. Well, okay, if it applies to true threats, then how does it apply to this fact of a guy sending a Snapchat with his gun? I mean, do you see how that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> so then they go on to say, defendant next argues that First Amendment applies to this matter. We agree in part. <laughs> so they agree in part. <laughs> so they're not going to just admit they don't care about freedom of speech. They're going to they're gonna agree in part, but it's not going to cover where they don't want it to. Then they give some restrictions that the First Amendment wouldn't apply to. Their examples are incite imminent lawless action, obscenity, defamation, speech in integral to criminal conduct, and so-called fighting words, child pornography, fraud, true threats, and speech presenting some grave and imminent threat the government has the power to prevent. Although a restriction under the last category is the most difficult to sustain. Well, I don't see it falling under any of that, do you? Therefore, the First Amendment applies to this matter. Its protections may not extend to the specific speech at issue. Hmm, convenient. So they're going to say, yeah, we're, we're doing a First Amendment analysis. Here's our analysis. Oh, it doesn't apply. <laughs> See how they, they can just twist it to go any way they want? So basically what this court's saying is that the defendant put the cart before the horse here and that really a jury should decide uh, if this rose to a level of a true threat. Now, the thing they're kind of totally overlooking or assuming is that there is here a probable cause to say there's a true threat. Um, I don't see how anyone, a reasonable person, can take this as an actual threat, considering it's not communicated to either publicly, say he shared it on his Facebook, or you know maybe sent it to some left-winger he didn't like, whatever. You know, they're... There, you can get dicey. I mean, I think I think the standard's stupid myself, but I'm just saying, even from their, under their way of looking at it, I could see that. But under here, I just don't. And again, you just have a completely corrupt, power-hungry prosecutor, you know, to even take up this case. And then they talk about some federal courts uh, decisions, which aren't, they're not binding on this, but so I won't waste your time there. So what they go down to is that the district court should decide whether the speech at issue could not possibly be considered a true threat. However, the defendant is incorrect in asserting that the district court should decide as a matter of law whether it actually is a true threat. The district court properly carried out its duty by determining that the Snapchat post could constitute a true threat. The circuit court likewise properly concluded that although defendant had several very good arguments for why a jury should find him not guilty at trial, the bindover was proper because the post could be made a true threat. I mean, fact of the matter is, um, when you go to these hearings, 
they almost always uh, get bound over to the circuit court. So it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. And so he argues, again, they didn't find the probable cause to bind him over, and the circuit court erred in failing to quash the charge. Shocker, they disagree. <laughs> and they try to make these arguments here. Well, I'll say them to you just, just for the laughs. We initially note that a student who reported feeling threatened by defendant's post was apparently not an intended recipient of the post. As a general matter, a person may not be punished because he negligently overlooked the possibility that someone else would show a person not intended as a recipient the Snapchat contents. That's from a 2019 Michigan case. So, do you see right there? They admit right here that his post was not intended to go to whoever these people are that are claiming to be threatened. I mean, that should end that should end it right there. How can you threaten someone that you're not even intending to convey your message, message to? That makes absolutely no sense. To threaten someone is to convey some type of force, violence. Well, if you're not even talking to that person, how can you threaten? I mean, just just basic <laughs> I mean, these, these judges are just so full of complete horseshit. And I encourage you to look up, I mean, this opinion's only seven pages. But this is what we're dealing with in this so-called freedom justice system. No. They go on here. The meaning of, of a particular speech must be considered in its context. This may require consideration of current events and popular culture. Well, apparently they're not doing that here. So this is what they say. And this is the part about Webster's or whatever that that email discussed. The bayonet affixed to defendant's gun therefore implies that its intended use is against humans, not game animals or paper targets. <laughs> well, no kidding. Obviously, none of these judges have any idea how guns work or anything like that. But big surprise. The metaphor of making snowflakes melt is more consistent with placing snowflakes in fear or possibly even killing them than with causing them offense. Especially bring guns to campus was otherwise not extraordinary. <laughs> okay, but he just sent that to his friends. See how they just keep twisting things here? No one's saying a bayonet's gonna be used against animals. I mean, that <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <sighs> we note that both students who testified, including the student who did not feel threatened, indicated a belief that other students on campus might feel targeted or intimidated by the post. Well, get over it. Who cares? It wasn't sent to you. When, when all of the above concerns are considered together and in context, there was ample basis for the district court to find probable cause that defendant knew at the time he made his Snapchat post that recipients who fell into the category of persons he considered snowflakes would receive and feel threatened by the post. So, there you go. Um, wow. So, as I said, free speech under attack from every single corner and like i said this should be concerning this isn't you know this isn't something he posted on twitter or you know something like that this is a snapchat group okay so for my boomers in the audience a snapchat that you send to individuals you can have a group just like facebook messenger those type of things again how can it be a threat if it's not going to its intended victim that 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 right there i mean the analysis should end but uh these judges obviously have an agenda uh these judges should not be sitting on the bench but 
we know the courts have probably been the biggest uh, institution in destroying liberty, you know, since since the Constitution was ratified. I've talked about that, my, you know, going back to John Marshall. And, um, you know, here we're looking at it in the state level. But, I've, I mean, Michigan just, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks, man. So, but, you know, anyone who's honest, even if someone is on the left, should admit that this is an extreme chilling of free speech. And this is scary. I mean, you're talking about a kid, you know, if he went to prison for this, I mean, that's his whole life being thrown away. Because someone wanted to go after him because they saw an opportunity. Disgusting. I mean, just just absolutely sick. You know, I see leftists posting stupid crap all the time that's far worse than this. They walk around scot-free. They're not worried. They know nothing's going to happen to them. You know, I saw on Facebook right after the insurrection, uh, this teacher at the, the public schools here in Hillsdale posted, um, shoot them all something along those lines saying basically to shoot the uh, Trump supporters out there. Um, is that not a million times worse than the Snapchat thing? I mean, all caps, exclamation. You can't sit there and argue it's a joke. Yeah, maybe she was in the heat of the moment or blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying I'd want her thrown in prison for it. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that that's much more a threat than, oh, make the snowflakes melt. Ha, ha. The judges are snowflakes. That's probably why they're, <laughs> uh, you know, so up in arms about this. But, you know, something like that. That's a call for violence. And that's on Facebook. Anyone can see it. Share it all around. You know, she got maybe a slap on the wrist. Still has her job. She's definitely not facing any kind of prosecution. But this is what's coming. And... You know, as I said in, in the recent episode about the FBI, it, they are targeting everyone to the right of center. They they want everyone to get up in line and go along with it. And I think, you know, looking at this court and what they're doing and, and probably other courts are around the country, especially in uh, more left of center states, is they've seen this ability to seize power so much through COVID and how easy it was because there's so many idiotic sheep out there that will put up with it. They say, you know what? We got away with that. Let's try this. And that's the thing. They're just going to keep, you know, it went from death by a thousand cuts, but now they're just pulling out the machete and rip and, and, and chopping arms off. You know, they've got, you know, it's like a shark. They've gotten that taste of blood, this, this real strong, you know, power. And they want to see how far they can go. And that's what they're going to do unless people put a stop to it. They're not going to just stop on their own. I'm telling you. Look at this trend. Look at December 2019 till now. Where everything is going. What, what freedom do you have that can't be infringed upon? Tell me. Go ahead. Think about it. Shoot me an email. Send me a Say, you know what? This is one freedom that government has no ability to infringe upon. You won't think of anything. It's insane times, and, and it looks like it's just getting worse. That's why we got to wake people up. Share this with your friends and say, someone on the left, look, um, maybe you don't like this guy. Maybe you don't like his, you know, his weapon with his bayonet, but do you really want to live in a place where Snapchat jokes to friends in private groups or getting people thrown in prison? Is that is that where you want to live? I don't know. Me personally, even if it's 
some idiot, you know, communist or whatever, I wouldn't want them to go to prison for a joke. I don't know. It's sick. These people are discussing the judges, the pro everyone involved, you know, the district court, the appeals. People just should not put up with it, I'm telling you. So just be on the lookout, you know, be be careful out there because it's uh it's real dystopian times. It really is. So so much for free speech. Um, but hey, stay positive. We gotta stick together because well we're all we've got <laughs> well hey i hope you enjoyed the show i hope you found it interesting um we'll take care and we'll talk